This is the Don Juans of Dynasty, where we discuss all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. Sit back and enjoy the show. Alright baby, Don Juans of Dynasty are back again. Week 6 is in the books. Uh, we're going to just go over a little bit of a rookie analysis in terms of kind of what we're seeing from the rookies so far. And talk a little bit about, um, you know, some takes and some narratives that we've been seeing in a, a couple of sources, including Twitter and Roto World, that, uh, you know, really grind our gears. So without further ado, I'm your host, Mike, and I'm joined by John. Yep. And Tommy. What's up? What's going on, boys? Well, first, we do apologize to the crew because we, uh, we ended up not being able to uh, do a pod last week. Obviously, some things came up, and you know, every once in a while, maybe it's a good thing that the people don't hear what we have to say. It makes them, uh, makes them desire us a little bit more. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, we're back here. That's the important thing. Let's go ahead and uh, I guess we can start off with the rookies, and let's start off with rookies looking at the quarterback so far. So you know, going into the season, um, oh, what was one of you going to say something there? Yeah. No. All right. Good. I just didn't want to cut you off. I didn't want to take away your full head of steam, like what just happened to me. Um, looking at the rookie quarterbacks, the rankings before the season was, you know, kind of – this is pretty consistent across the board, but most people had it going Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and then Mac Jones in terms of fantasy. Um, some people might have had Fields higher than Lance. I think after the San Francisco trade-up and, and Lance going at three, that was pretty common. You know, I think – my opinion, guys, is these rankings largely haven't changed. I haven't seen a lot from Zach Wilson. I, I think I might have Zach Wilson at five and Mac Jones at four now. Maybe that's a little early, but so far, you know, I feel good about that. Justin Fields um, is kind of a hard person to pin things on at this point. I think going into this year, you know, his athleticism was obvious, but some of his possible deficiencies have also come up, like how long he's holding onto the ball and his, his decision-making and how long it takes him to, um, you know, read the field. So largely I kind of agree with these rankings so far, but for you guys, how do you have them ranked? Is there anybody who you've been like more disappointed in than others or people that you thought have shown bigger flashes so far? Uh, I can go first, Johnny. Um, I was actually, despite his numbers and, um, <clears throat> And how he played, I was actually more impressed with Trey Lance than I thought. He like, I think he's like close to 300 less offensive snaps than any other rookie quarterback in NFL history, because he played um, one season at North Dakota and it was a run-heavy offense. So I expected him really to shit the bed when he came out, but um, I thought he looked more poised than I thought. Uh, he ran the ball really well, so I'm excited for him next year when he gets another year to develop. So I would probably have him. I probably have him down as third. Is that where he was? He was at two, and so, so I actually had him at two in my preseason ranks before San Francisco traded up for him. And then I think yeah. once San Francisco traded up, other people did too. Um, I think. Did you have Fields at two before? Yeah, I, I definitely prefer Lance to Field. Yeah, so you you have. What, I have Lance Trevor? second. I misspoke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I I think I have um, Mac Jones at three, Fields at four, um, and then Wilson at five. Fields is just pissing me off. I mean, 
I'm a little biased because I own Allen Robinson in the league. Fields is just standing there and taking sacks. Um, I haven't really seen – I mean, I feel like it could be like a, a Jalen Hurts situation where like his rushing upside could save him in a lot of these games. Um, but I just haven't seen much from him that I'm liking so far. And then and, uh, I don't – he's just throwing the ball into his lineman's ass. I don't know what he's doing out there. Um and Mac, Mac Jones looks good. I mean, he's not, like, putting up huge fantasy days, but he looks comfortable in the pocket. He's stepping up. He's making multiple reads. He's checking down when he needs to. Um, and, like, overall, he's he's just playing good football. Um, and I don't think he's really putting up, like, these huge fantasy games, but that'll probably come when they actually draft skill positions at wide receiver and stuff. So, yeah, I like that order. Yeah, I mean, so far, Trevor Lawrence has put up the most fantasy points at 94 from what I'm looking at. Mac Jones is second at 80. And then after those two, you got Wilson at 56. Uh, Trey Lance at 46, and he's played less than field. So, I mean, that's somewhat telling in of itself. But obviously, it's early. Like, you're not really jumping ship on any of these guys necessarily, nor could you really find people that probably would want to trade for them and pay the price they paid early. That's just kind of the nature of – how it goes with rookie quarterbacks. Um, I will say, and this kind of was, this is speaking of narratives during the offseason that annoyed me, and John can back me up on this because it's one I had said multiple times, but I didn't like how people already had Lawrence higher than Burrow going into this year in terms of like their top 10 to 12 dynasty quarterback ranks. Like I thought it was premature. And, you know, with the exception of San Francisco and New England, all of these situations are very not stable. Like Urban Meyer might not make it through the year at this point. Um, you know, the Jets have looked underwhelming as is. Uh, and then you look at the Bears, and there's no guarantee that the Bears head coach, uh, Nagy or Nagy, however you say that, is going to be there after this year either. Because he's been there for a while and they have not gotten results. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. People always I mean, um, hype up, hype up product. Uh, about prospects coming into the NFL, but at the end of the day, they've never played a snap before. So you got to see, see, and see what comes from it. Yeah. And for Lawrence, one of the things that we were looking at too was how much of his yardage during the college uh, season was basically, it was basically from screen yards. Like he led the nation in uh, screen yard passing yards. So like, I'm not saying, you know, there he's playing the scheme a little bit, so it's not to just, like, take out and cherry pick a stat and just, like, throw it at you. But, like, those are much easier completions than what he's going to be asked to do at this point. So, it's definitely worth pointing out. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, they're, all, that, they're all – go ahead. No, I think me and you pointed that out um, before the draft. And I think – I forget the exact numbers on the chart, but I think he had problems throwing, like, outs and corner routes and stuff like that. Um, and I think, I mean, like you said, he's, he's uh, like Urban Myers isn't doing him any favors, but like some of those flaws that we pointed out are starting to show. Um, but I mean, he looks overall, he still looks pretty solid. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you guys have anything else for the quarterbacks or should we go into the running backs? Ready. All right. I don't really think there's actually much to talk about here. Najee Harris has looked uh, phenomenal. Um, aside from Najee Harris, Javante Williams is still in a timeshare. ETN, in. Um, you know, what am I missing here? Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and Michael Carter, basically, as the other notable guys. Uh, yeah, Gainwell, maybe. 
Well, that's a good call out. Yeah, I mean, so I think my take here is Najee's, it was in a clear tier of his own. That hasn't changed. Um, in terms of dynasty, I think we talked about this before. Where do you guys have Najee in your dynasty rankings roughly? I can, I can give you names and then you can tell me where you have them relative if that helps. Okay. Yeah, do that. Okay, so uh, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Barkley, Dalvin Cook, and then at the like, football where I'm looking, Najee Harris is RB. Uh, RB7 is Derrick Henry. Alvin Kamara is RB8. Gibson's RB9. Chubb is RB9. I kind of like him at RB6, to be honest with you, for Dynasty. I don't hate that. I like that as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm not ready to move Cook out yet. Um, I like Derrick Henry just behind him, just because we've seen Najee catch 16 passes in a game. Um, I don't think Kamara has really been there yet. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, and, and to be fair, what Derrick Henry's doing is unprecedented. So, like, even though he's very well do that for another two, three years, like, it's hard to really say. And he's going to be the hardest person to rank in this group because he's so far out producing everybody else on the list, even though he's also the oldest. But, um, you know, there was a lot of hype coming into the season for Gibson. And obviously with a lot of the other rookie running backs hurt, the only real uh, second-year running backs that have shown up so far um, have really been Swift and Taylor. And Gibson's shown flashes, which has been inconsistent in terms of his passing game work. Um, it is It is interesting to look at this. I mean – I, I think you could make a case for Najee over Dalvin, honestly, just because he's three years younger and Dalvin has not been on the field a ton. Also, um, Najee Harris is on pace for, like, I think it's, like, 340 touches this season, which is just, like, that's insane. He's, it's, he's like, by far the most running back. Yeah, he's the only running back that's going to get – still in his own tier, but he's the only running back, I think, that's going to get touches like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about Christian McCaffrey real quick since we're bouncing around between rookies and then we can go back to the rookies. Um, you know, we talked about a little bit when he suffered an injury. Obviously, he got placed on IR and he's hurt again now. Um, is Christian McCaffrey still the first pick in Dynasty like next year? I would, um, I would I'm argue. I'm not taking no. Yeah. Just, who's your who's the RB one in Dynasty now? Jonathan Taylor. Um, uh, is it Swift? Yeah. You could no. I, you could make a case for Swift. I think I'd rather have Taylor. Those I are think, my, I, think I think those are two. I'd rather have Taylor. I think I talked about it a while ago. How the only thing slowing me down was how he wasn't going to get a lot of receptions, but that's clearly wrong. So I think I'm leaning <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, I think I'm too. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. Let's go just to bounce back over again in terms of rookies, looking at Javante Williams. Javante Williams has looked good. Uh, I think this is a really good buying opportunity for Williams because he hasn't, like, instantly come in and established himself. But I do have a feeling, like, they are going to start using Melvin Gordon less and less here. Maybe that's more of a gut thing than anything else. Uh, One thing I am going to check really quickly is Javante Williams' snap rates – um, for his game-by-game log. So he is sitting at – let's see if I can even find it easily. I have him in one of my leagues. It should be about – I mean, he's getting me a consistent 10 points a game. 
which like some as a rookie running back that's expected to take the lead role next year. That's like all you're looking for. It, it looks like about fifty percent his snap count. Yeah, it looks like it's never been less than forty, um, and it probably on average is about forty five, fifty percent. Yeah. But I mean, okay, yep. That's I like I like it, what you said, Mike, because it is a good buying window. Because usually when owners draft, like if you draft a wide receiver, you expect that they might take a few years to develop and really, you know, get into their prime. When you draft a running back, especially in the first round of a rookie draft, like you want them to produce right away. Um, so if anyone's, you know, just kind of sick of Javante Williams just not getting his share or whatever, I think he's definitely a good buy. Yeah, I I tried to buy him in our league and. And the owner just said no. Yeah, and yeah, I was going to say that's kind of like one of those situations where you're almost trying to take advantage of, not take advantage, but like hoping that an owner like is frustrated, even though there isn't really necessarily a reason to be. But I agree. Um, What do you guys think? And maybe I've looked at him a little bit closer and he just came off a bye week. So obviously there isn't a ton to go off of here. But what do you guys think? Elijah Mitchell versus Trey Sermon right now. Are you buying either of them? Or if you buy one, do you want the other one too? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like if you own both, because who knows when Trey Sermon's going to have a big week <clears throat> and then Elijah Mitchell's back on the bench, like who knows, just with the San Fran offense. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you who I'd rather own. So if I can't own both, I'd probably wouldn't want a piece of that backfield. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of out on the 49ers backfield. It's just you you can't be living week to week by fantasy running backs and having to guess which one's going to start. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I think going into this season, my mentality with Sermon was that Sermon was going to be good enough to command more of the direct touches. I do think that someone is going to like is going to become the uh poster in this offense and I think it's more likely at this point it's Elijah Mitchell than Sermon um Sermon is probably more of the Coleman role and Coleman was really never particularly useful in, in his role there so that's kind of how it breaks out I'm not you know thrilled about it I kind of am of that wait and see possibly buy low if you can get them real cheap as throw-ins and deals like I'm not going out hunting for them but like if I have everything I'm, I'm holding unless I get the right offer I can sell off of off-season hype I think yeah yeah, I agree with that. I think the problem is that, I mean, if I owned either one of them, I would be trying to sell on one of the high games. And I don't know if you're going to be able to get them at a discount necessarily, but, but I do agree with what you said. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Gainwell, we, we touched on him a little bit. The whole – you guys are going to get me to get angry again at the Eagles, but the whole thing with the Eagles is a mess right now. Like – some people are like, oh, Kenneth Gainwell is a consistent flex play now. And it's like, dude, Sanders isn't even a consistent flex play. I think last week, Miles Sanders got all but like one of the RB touches or at least all, all but one of the RB rushes. And Gainwell didn't do like anything. So I, I don't think at this point, unless they decide to move on from Sanders, like nobody's going to give you Gainwell very cheaply because they're excited about like what he could be versus what he is. So I think he's going to cost more than he's worth at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's talk about Travis Etienne real quick. Because what do you think they're going to do with him next year? Because 
James Robinson looks good again. The the as the shifty James Robinson, um, and also <laughs> yeah. like you said earlier, Mike, they might have a new coaching staff in there. So ETN being drafted in the first round by Urban Myers doesn't really mean anything if they bring in a new coach. So what do you guys think is going to go on there? Yeah, I mean it's important. It's a, the coaching staff is going to play a huge role in that, and like you said, there's. There should be no chance that Urban Meyer keeps his job, but I don't know. I'm concerned. Like that's a tough injury to come back from, and then Louis Frank. Of that, on top of that, he doesn't even have like he ba- he barely got a play, so he doesn't even have a role in the offense. So like, what coaching staff is going to come in for a hurt rookie that's barely played and set a role aside for him? I see it totally differently. I think that if you if anybody's thinking like that, I'm going and getting ETN. I think it's more likely than not that they're going to probably trade James Robinson um, than keep both of them. I don't think they're going to trade ETN because they spent higher capital on ETN, and I don't think they're going to get a first for him directly. It's possible, I suppose, they could. But I think what's more likely is that James Robinson goes to a team that maybe has interest in the offseason – and it's going to be a team that feels like they miss out on a running back from this class. Like, for example, if the Dolphins don't want to dive in on draft capital again, like I could see them trading, you know, like a fourth or something like that for James Robinson. And I could see him getting that kind of a return. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good take. Because, I mean, my thing is he's – I mean, we see it happen all the time where, like, like look at Philip Lindsay, like the undrafted guys just kind of get phased out. But – I mean, he seems like he's kind of too good to take off the field. Like, even in the beginning of the year, they had Carlos Hyde kind of coming in. Now Hyde gets, what, two snaps a game? Like, he's a good running back. Um, so, I don't I don't think you could just flat out bench him for a guy who's never taken a pro snap yet. But that's a good yeah. take, Mike. I, I wouldn't mind him going to the Finns. And, I mean, the least, the least popular thing here and, and what's probably more likely, unfortunately, just because, like, I'm not an actual GM, so not in my hands, but the most likely thing that's going to happen probably is if they both stay, they're going to try to form this tandem that they had in mind this year. And I hate to say it, but, like, that's just becoming pretty common. Like, you know, thinking about how it is for, um, you know, Detroit, how it, how it could be, honestly, for Carolina because Hubbard's look good. Like, maybe they use Hubbard a little bit more. I don't think it's going to be a real tandem. But, you know, how, what they're doing in Denver right now, um, what they're doing even in Dallas. Yep. yep. I mean, Dallas, they're, so, they're doing it really well in Dallas. So, you're almost getting uh, – you guys crapped on me last week when I said I'm going to start Pollard and Zeke, and it kind of works out. Obviously, Zeke gets the majority of the like, goal line work and the important stuff, but – Pollard's put up some solid fantasy games on his own. So, I actually, Pollard, I actually just saw this. Um, since Pollard got drafted, uh, he has more yards and touchdowns than Saquon. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, he's wow. played 17 more games because Saquon had the ACL on the ankle. But it just goes to show that that splitting carries with running backs is really, really useful in running back longevity. Yeah, it's this, and this goes back to a theory that I would rather spend more time talking about in general. And I think it's just a total shifting and like a re readjustment of of kind of the landscape. And and I think you hit on this, Tommy, a couple of weeks ago. But like my whole strategy going into this year, and especially in like my redraft league, because it doesn't, you know, in your non redraft leagues, it doesn't matter as much. Like your team is kind of what it is, and you can build it a little bit differently. But unless you're like building the team from scratch. Sometimes you don't have a say in what's available and what you can trade for. But 
my whole goal was, oh, I want to get three, you know, RB, like solid RB ones to RB twos, like mid range RB twos. And I kind of like skimped a little bit on wide receiver. And in that league, because, you know, I ended up with Aaron Jones, Swift and Miles Sanders. And then like I had Javante Williams and I have other running backs, but like, these running backs like Javante Williams and Sanders right now are like not startable and you could very comfortably start five or six wide receivers. And a lot of them are having a crazy year now to be, you know, to be fair, we we've seen this stretch before, like this has happened before. Um, the year Todd Gurley was drafted or the year before him, there was like a total committee approach and there were not a lot of running backs that were doing things on their own. There was a kind of shift and it happens and it's cyclical, but we definitely might just be seeing at this point, like, you know, the wide receiver 25 to 30 for true fantasy purposes is more valuable than the RB 15, just because there's so much hit or miss and they're not getting consistent work. Yeah. I, I really like that. I'm, um, I'm starting to start uh, Sterling Shepard in our league. And when he's healthy and plays, he gets me like 10 to 12 a game. And I just think that's really valuable having that on your team. Yeah. I mean, I agree. You look at some of like, Damien Harris is what, like, running back, like, 20 on the year. And, like, I own him in a league, and I never feel comfortable starting him. I'd rather start Marvin Jones than Damien Harris. I mean, he's good. He's a good depth piece. But, like, like you said, Mike, it's just there's so many other wide receivers you can start over him. Yeah. And I was talking to someone uh, yesterday who was 6-0 in their yearly league. And he, he has, I think, Aaron Jones. But then he has, like, five or six wide receivers, and he has, like, you know – Tyreek McLaurin, DK, Debo, like he's he's very deep at wide receiver. He's six and zero on the year, and it's because he can start almost all those wide receivers. So you know, it's it's another thing is there's not many running backs that are really having glove games anymore. With the exception of Derrick Henry, there's more wide receivers having thirty point games than running backs. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point, Mike. Just kind of interesting to think about when people are reaching on armies and everything. I don't really have anything else for the running backs at this point. Do you guys want to hit wide receivers real quick? Yes, sir. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, the the obvious one here is Jamar Chase, right? He's everything that everybody expected he would be. Um, I'm seeing some people already have him as a top three dynasty wide receiver. Um I don't know if I would, but then again, like going into the year, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Tyreek were like some of the top ones for dynasty purposes and AJ Brown's had a little bit of a slow start. So I don't blame people for kind of feeling like that. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm okay with that. I mean, he's, he's done enough to kind of push T Higgins to the side almost. And then Tyler Boyd's almost become irrelevant, which I did not see that happening, but Jamar Chase has been a beast out there. So I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, and then after Jamar Chase, who I think everybody's going to unanimously have as wide receiver one here, let's look at Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. So I think that, um, you know, they were kind of the two, three. Do you guys still have them in that order? Do you have anybody else higher? I think we haven't really seen enough of Bateman yet. Uh, Rondell Moore's look good. But other than them, maybe Kadarius Toney. Like, Kadarius Toney looks really good. I mean, I'd, I'd probably have him over Terrace Marshall at this point. Um and Elijah Moore is really hard to, to get a pulse on because he hasn't done anything yet, but I guess I might have him over Elijah Moore too. Yeah, I think Bateman, once he gets healthy – or he played last week, but it was limited. Once he gets back 100%, he's going to jump up these – these um, uh, whatchamacallit – on these lists because the Ravens' offense is cruising right now. Lamar's in his bag. 
throwing the ball all the time. It's been fun to watch. I think he's going to jump up to number two um, once he stays healthy. Really? You you think he's going to jump ahead of Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell? Yeah. Waddle is being used pretty ineffectively in um, – is that a word? Ineffectively? Yeah. It is. Uh, <laughs> in, uh, it is now. Offense. And Devontae's just in the Eagles, and that, that's where players go to die. So I really think Rashad's in the best place. Like I said, when he got drafted by the Ravens, I think his ceiling got uh, got lowered a little bit, but his floor got raised above a lot of these players. Yeah, I, mean, I think uh, – I get what you mean. I don't know if I have him higher. John, it sounds like you were going to say something too. I was just because I don't, I don't – definitely don't hate it, but I kind of like him where he's at. Um, I, I like the order Chase, Smith, Waddle, Bateman. Um, Smith's look really good. I think Hertz has struggled a little bit, but Hertz is also a, a young quarterback. So, and they already have some chemistry, so I'm, I'm fine with him there. I do agree that they've used Waddle a little inefficiently. Um, I know Mike, you were frustrated last week where they just weren't pushing the ball downfield to him and behind the line of scrimmage a bunch of times and whatever. But I think I think that'll change. Waddle's also looked really well or looked really good. Um. And I like Bateman a lot. I think you're right, Tommy. I just don't see how he jumps Smith or Waddle on this list. You'll all see. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that's uh, probably your Bateman bias, to be honest with you. <laughs> Waddle's, Waddle's physica- like his physical traits are going to make it hard for me to have him higher. And Devontae Smith, his stats might not show it. Like I might try to go get Devontae Smith in a league because he is getting crazy separation, like crazy separation. Yeah, his routes are smooth. Like, he's out there on an island. It's just a question of whether or not Jalen Hurts can get it to him and whether or not Nick Sirianni's bunk ass can scheme him open. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm – don't get me wrong. I love Damon. I really – I'm upset I missed out on him on both my leagues. Um, But I had to take Smith over him in the one league. But I just – I don't see him jumping these other two guys. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat here. Um, well, that's all. I mean, that's the only things we got for wide receivers here. What about what about other narratives that you guys have been seeing during the season? Do you guys have any that you specifically want to start off with, either narratives or players in general that you want to hit on? Well, I mean, I could go into one that our our former pod mate uh, once said. Uh, he's now part time, unfortunately. Um, Ever since he's said part time, he hasn't been back on the pod again either. I don't know if you noticed that. It's well, part time's like once a year. <laughs> it's like it's like Santa. He comes he comes down the <laughs> chimney once a year for a special episode. Hey, listen, man, forty five minutes a week is a lot of time, right? But we no, this one's that. this one's probably well, about thirty minutes. But yeah, jeez, <laughs> yeah, it's tough though. Um, so our buddy Timmy once said, uh, and I quote. Zach Wilson looks good in preseason. I'm happy I was right about him. Uh, and Timmy, <laughs> Timmy, buddy, if you're listening to this, if you made it, you know, all 30 minutes into the episode, uh, you're actually wrong about him. Um, and he, just because he looked good in preseason, that clearly didn't really carry over because he looks like a deer in the headlights out there. And he's making it tough for me and Mike's boy, Corey Davis, to make big plays. Um but, yeah, I mean, we were watching him when he played the Falcons and he was throwing the ball at his running back's feet into his lineman's ass. And, uh, you know, 
you, you just weren't right about him to me. So that's my narrative. Yeah, he's so far he's at a 57.3% uh, percent passing completion record. He has four passing touchdowns with nine picks and 22 rushing yards. Oh, that includes sacks, I guess. Maybe? No, it doesn't – only in college do sacks count against rushing yards. I think that's actually his rushing yards. Oh, I feel like he, he'd be rushing for a lot more. That's crazy. Mm, I think he looked a lot more athletic. I mean, he is athletic, but I think he looked like he could be more mobile in college than he – I mean, he could still change, to be fair. Like, not to completely just write him off, but I think he looked more mobile than he probably is likely going to be early on right now. They're probably trying to be careful with him, too. I don't know how many design run plays they're going to have for him. Yeah, yeah. I True. just think, um, I think he holds on to the ball. His pocket presence is a little little poor. Like, I saw the um, – the the sack numbers for all the rookie quarterbacks and he's like significantly a high high because he he holds on to the ball a little too too long so I think once he fixes that up he'll have be a little bit better but he's just in a tough situation did Tim did Tim make his take before oh, he t- made it preseason when he was still on the Jets yeah oh okay yeah that's a that's a tough one whatever no I mean that's I would have been a little scared about. No, don't get me wrong. I think he's actually in a, a decent spot. He has some good weapons. I think they should probably draft the running back. I mean, Michael Carter hasn't looked terrible over the past couple of weeks. He's kind of separating himself from the other bums that they have on that team. But um, <laughs> I think he's actually in a decent spot. Uh, I just think he's a rookie, so he's going to take some time to develop. But the whole thing was just it was funny when Tim was like, oh, he looks great in this one preseason game against the freaking, I don't know, the Jaguars. And then he thought he was going to walk onto the field regular season and be a stud. Yeah, well, the thing that I pointed out, too, is that they're going to disguise coverages a lot better in the actual uh, season because they're doing vanilla you know, offenses and vanilla defenses in the preseason, so they don't give anything away. Um, all right, that's fair. I, yeah, I mean, that's that narrative was bad. I guess the narrative, and I, you know, I had to tweet out from the Don Juan's account this week because Roto World's really getting to me a little bit with the narrative that Hollywood is only effective um, as a boomer bust play. I, I tweeted this out after they said this. He has <laughs> double digit points in 10 out of his last 12 games. In the two games that he didn't, he had 5.9 and I think 6.9. And that 5.9 or 5.5 game, whatever it was, was literally just the game that happened. And it's because the Ravens didn't have to throw a lot. And the game where he had 6.6, he dropped three passing touchdowns. Which, granted, it is not good. I guess I've been receiving touchdowns. but not good. But he's actually been really, really consistent. And I think he's like wide receiver seven on the year still. So – the whole narrative that, like, if you're fast and you get downfield in a hurry, you, you're a boomer bust play is, uh, I don't know, it's objectively awful. Terry McLaurin's more boomer bust than Hollywood's been his last 12 games. So is, so is Mike Williams, dude. He drops 30 points, 30 points, one point, 30 points, two points. Like, and he's the opposite build of Marquise Brown. So, Do they call him boomer bust? No, but I'm just saying, like – the, your, that narrative doesn't fit just because he's small yeah. and fast. McLaurin's last two games, 4.8 and 6.6, would both be would, – would, one would be lower, and one the second one would be lower, too, if you take their two worst games in the last 10 games. 
And other than that, McLaurin's had an 8.2, 8.2. He's at a 22, 27. So, I mean, yeah, like super boomer bust here. But that narrative drives me insane, dude. I can't stand it. The disrespect. Really is disrespect. If people got him during the offseason, then you did well for yourself. Oh, here's a player we could talk about a little bit. Antonio Brown looks really good again. Is Antonio Brown a wide receiver too the rest of the year? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean – when you look at um I might have talked about this on the on the pod before, but um Tom Brady's gonna exploit matchups. So basically if a team lacks cornerback depth, he's gonna target Antonio Brown a lot because he did that against the Cowboys. The Cowboys second cornerback is no good as Trayvon Diggs. And that's when you saw Mike Evans have a crap day and Antonio Brown have a great day. So I think he's actually more boomer bust than Hollywood Brown. Yeah, and again, Antonio Brown, if you look at his games, obviously he missed one game due to COVID, but he had 19.8, 27.9, 9.8, 2.2, and 21. So outside of his 2.2 clunker, um, which, by the way, he only played 44% of snaps that game, he has had, you know, basically almost all double-digit games, 9.8, and that's in .5 PPR. Um Here's a question. Rest of the season, how, what's your order that you would want the Buccaneers receivers between Brown, Godwin, and Mike Evans? For Dynasty? Mm-mm. Rest of the year, like if you were playing yearly, like how do you rank them for scoring purposes? I think Dynasty uh, go, is obvious. Yeah, I'd go A, B, Godwin, Evans. Ooh. I may have Godwin first. I have Godwin first, too, I think. I think I go Godwin, A.B. Evans. Yeah. You're wrong, Johnny. Who's, who's scoring <laughs> more? Who, who's got more points? It's got to be Brown, right? I think, well, because I think that Godwin hasn't missed a game, I don't know now. Godwin's been uh, really what, consistent, though. Yeah, he's been, he hasn't cracked 20 points yet, though, in a half-point PBR. Yeah, he's 18, 14, 16, 7, 10, 7, basically 6.8. Yeah, he's been consistent, but. Godwin's still only 25 years old. Like, I forget about that. Yeah, he's good. He's on, his contract's done this year, right? He's playing on the franchise tag, I think. Yeah, so I wonder where, they definitely can't afford to resign him. I wonder where he ends up. That'd be something worth monitoring. Well, it's always interesting with wide receivers, too, because if they go to bad situations on teams, like Diggs kind of proved you can go to another team and be really good, but it's not always how it works out. Yeah. He also – Josh Robinson. Allen figure out how to throw. Yeah. Alan, <laughs> well, Allen Robinson can't be there again. He's going to be out, right? Yeah. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, AB has more fantasy points on the year than Goblin even after missing a game. It's for the future, John. Yeah. We don't yeah, but we're talking about yearly, dude. AB's outscoring him. Yeah, I think Godwin will outscore him by the end of the year. All right, what do you want to bet? Ten dollars. Done. Done. You heard All it. All right, here. that's on the so, pod, baby. Book bookmark this episode so we can go back and listen to it when Tommy doesn't bet on me ten bucks. Absolutely. Did you guys used to watch? Uh, we should really do that. We should do board bets. You guys remember in fantasy football, Matthew Barry's thing that used to do board bets, and they would go back at them after the end of the year and see how many they had. I'd be down for that. Yeah, well, put it on the board. We can go back <laughs> and look at that one at the end of the year. I mean, I'd say put it on the board, but I know you guys are probably not going to keep track of it. So, no, no. we will. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep track of that one too because I want to see if John's going to be wrong. I mean, I wouldn't be angry if Antonio Brown scored more because that would be good for one of my teams where I have the Brown-Hollywood stack. So, <laughs> Yeah, me too. Maybe you get the chemistry points. Yeah, well, I think you just copied my team. It's working for you though. Yep. Um, Tommy, you've been quiet this episode. What about you? What What are you observing? What What are you watching? Like, what are you seeing that's getting you worked up? I was just now that um we started talking about Allen Robinson, I actually started to ponder a question. If you're a um rebuilding team, because he's still he's what around twenty seven. He's twenty. Might be twenty eight. Oh, he's twenty eight. Oh. Just turned twenty eight. I think. Would you? Take the risk of, of, perhaps overpaying for him with the gamble that he ends up on a better team. If you're, if you're like no, a, you wouldn't. You define. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, that's also a good point. I mean, I feel like no one's going to give him for cheap. Honestly, I'd give it? a second for him, but then again, if you're giving a second, dude, if you're a rebuilding team and he's 28, like you're basically you're trying to. Like, this is, uh, what's it called, HGTV, like, home flips. Like, you're trying to take this dude and flip him again, like, two weeks into the season next year. I mean, that could True. work. If, if you send that trade and he ends up on a on a much better team, you could flip him pretty easily. But who's giving him up for a second is, I guess, my question. John, you have him in a league. What do you want for him? No shot anybody's giving you a first. He has 12 points on the year. <laughs> 10, actually. But, uh, no, I, I wouldn't take anything less than a first, probably. Yeah, because I guess you're hoping you're holding out for for him to end up on a better team. Well, you know he's good. You've seen this yeah. every year, and so I'm not, I'm not going to take anything less than a first for him. That's what I paid for him. That's what he's worth. But also, well, you also I paid that for him earlier, and he was younger. Yeah, it's because I'm good at what I do. Next I'm year he's going to be 29. I'm trying All to right, think. Ne- what, next year I'll be 27. Dude, what do you want from me? <laughs> Yeah, well, I wouldn't pay a first for you in Dynasty either. No, I would. I'd pay three. Listen, dude, in two <laughs> years, Allen Robinson's going to be 30. What are you going to do with him then? Four years. My whole point, too. My whole point is what you paid for someone two years ago is irrelevant. Like, I paid you a freaking second for Le'Veon Bell. It doesn't mean I'm going to get a second for Le'Veon Bell now. Dude, I'd give you a second for Le'Veon Bell. You scored a, touch a touchdown last week. Yeah. I freaking wish I could pick him up to trade him to you. <laughs> You're so full of shit. Yeah, I'm messing with you, dude. No, but but 28 is really not that old for a wide receiver. Yeah, it's not. He could still get four or five more solid years. It just sucks watching freaking Justin Fields stand there for 13 seconds and get <laughs> drilled while Robinson's getting three targets a game. Yeah, well, you can't build Roman a day. Uh, Hollywood Brown is the dynasty wide receiver 35 on here. Mike Williams is the wide receiver 30. What? Uh, For dynasty. Yeah, well, Mike Evans is the wide receiver 15 in dynasty. Dude, these rankings are garbanzo beans. Terry McLaurin is the wide receiver 11. Dude, I don't like him being in the top 12. I don't like that. That makes no – I just – I just don't – I don't. he's not worth that to me. I'd rather have freaking Chris Godwin, to be honest with you. And Godwin's a year younger, too. And Godwin's three spots lower here. Oh, wow. Cooper Cup's, I mean, a little bit older, but, you know, Cooper Cup versus him, for two years older, I might – no, I, uh, I'd probably rather have McLaurin than Cup. But, like, still, I, I don't know, man. 
I agree. I, it kind of sucks, though, that I really thought he was going to break out this year and Fitzpatrick went down because Heineke – Heineke's serviceable, but I feel like he's missed McLaurin on a few big plays. Oh, Fitzpatrick will be back, though. So, I, I couldn't no, – I, I, could no, I know, yeah. But, yeah, I just feel like with a quarterback, he'd be much better. I mean, he's doing fine with Heineke, but I feel like Heineke does not make it easy on him. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've just never been a – I've never been a McLaurin guy. I know how good he is. I mean, lots of wide receivers are really good. Like, well, our whole job here is to split hairs. And we're not even getting paid to do this job, you know, so, like, no guarantee we're going to do it effectively. True. We almost got paid, though. Yeah, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about the sponsor that we were going to have? We were going to be telling the people about some jewelry. Well, I'm not going to say it now because they didn't sponsor Well, don't say the name of them, but just give us a little like, – to give tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of jewelry right. they had. Just, just we won't say the name. We'll just call them Boca Jewelry. Um, basically, they said they were going to sponsor us um, and said we would get their products for free, so we could try them on and then promote them on the podcast, and they would promote us. Um, and then they tried to charge me for their free shipping that they offer, and they tried to for that, and that was not happening. So now they're not our sponsor. Yeah, John also has this habit of, you know, it's not just about saying no to the people that approach us for sponsorships. <laughs> it's really about burning bridges. So, John basically went point and no return after about the third message with them. So, I doubt we're going to be hearing from them again anytime soon. <laughs> oh, I disagree, Mike. They'll be back. They always come crawling back, buddy. Don't you worry. Well, I mean, when this pod blows up bigger than you can imagine, yeah. But that also involved doing a lot more things and uh, putting in effort. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not there at this point. So, we're not there at this point. Anyway, I mean, um, honestly, I'm on the verge of becoming a part-timer, so. <laughs> we basically all were part-timers last week. It felt kind of good. All right, I have a quick <laughs> no, question don't say that. for you guys. Right, so I'm looking at these teams, and the Raiders have some of the – or the most amount of cap space in a lot of these teams, and they're in the market for a wide receiver. And there's mm-hmm. a few wide receivers that are in their contracts. Um, I know Devontae Adams, uh, this has been – this rumor has been talked about. And then you got your Allen Robinson and my recently acquired Juju, who I think because the Chiefs offered him a lot of money um, last year. How much do their value go up if they end up on the Raiders? Well, first off, I think it was really, really disrespectful what you did there to my man, Brian Edwards, because Brian Edwards is still on that team. So I don't know how you're just assuming they're in the market for a hey, wide hey, receiver. Hey, hey. I've been a Brian Edwards truther before you <laughs> even knew who he was. So. <laughs> You were you were there at his first high school game, his Pop Warner game, rooting him on, scouting him. That was. Um, I don't know if their value goes up because I'm not convinced of what that would be for Derek Carr. If anything, I would be a little bit concerned about Waller if they get another target there. But uh, I yeah, don't know I mean if they're necessarily in the market for a wide receiver. Their rugs has looked kind of nice. Brian Edwards has been fine, and then you still have Waller. Right. Ruggs is a player we haven't talked about whatsoever. What, what would be? Well. He has been. Um, he looks much, much better than he did last year. Would you go and try to get Ruggs? I mean, he, the problem is he doesn't get a lot of targets every week still. His season high on targets is seven, and that's only happened twice. I mean, that's because Darren Waller's getting 16 a game. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I, the problem is, I don't know if. If you own him, you know, 
what are you going to take for him? I wouldn't take anything less than a first. That's when you drafted him. That's he's very. New. I think some people paid a second. You think he was? You think he was a first in our league? He was a second. I feel like a lot of leagues he was a second rounder. But maybe that still stands to reason you would sit on him before you would trade him. Yeah, I mean he's twenty two. He's having a good year. He's in second year in the league. I, I just don't know if anyone's necessarily trading him. And I don't think I feel comfortable giving up a first for him yet, especially with a strong wide receiver coming in. Yeah, I think he's in that, that awkward stage in which the owner's kind of waiting on him, see if he has another year of improvement, and people aren't necessarily ready to, like, overpay or go get him. That's fair. What are you What are you hearing, Tommy? I feel like you're always right in on this. What do you think about the 2022 class? Have you started looking at it yet or watching any of the running backs or wide receivers? I really haven't. I looked at a few people, but, like, their names are still, like, popping in and out of my head because I haven't done too much film. Um, I think the QB class is interesting. I think it's going to be a better class than people realize because you always see these like, these classes that are so hyped up and they get drafted first, second, third, and then underperform because they're on crap teams. I could see this as a year where a bunch of quarterbacks that end up in the second, third, fourth, even fifth rounds that sit a year end up being really, really productive. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. But um, I just started my film about a week ago, really. So once I start finding some guys, I'll let you guys know. But there's one wide receiver that I need to get his – there it is, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I think he's yeah. really good. Um, Ray GQ's in on him. He's been talking about him. He really likes him. Yeah, I I think he does everything everything well. So he's really the, the first guy that's caught my eye, but I'll keep everyone updated. Is Pickens out for the year? I'm really not sure. I, it would make sense. I haven't heard his name. Let me look. Let's, yeah, I, I'm curious. I thought he had a really bad injury last year. Yeah, he tore his ACL during spring. Uh, he's got to be out of here. Right? Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. know it. It says uh, toward in March, but is hopeful that he'll make a return this season. So mm. I guess before it last March. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. let's see. <coughs> I hate to give credit to Roto World, but they typically will show you their stats. Uh, Pickens has yet to be cleared to play yet for his knee. That's the latest blurb. Yeah. That was six hours ago, so I would say it's pretty up to date. <laughs> <laughs> every every hour they post something still not cleared yet. Still not. Hey, that would be accurate though. That would be a good That's job true. for Tim. Like he <laughs> just posts on there every hour, still not cleared. <laughs> still, uh, Tim. If you make it to the fifty-first minute, I want you to listen to that one right there. You're gonna like it. <laughs> Oh God, I don't. I don't really have anything else this week. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? No, no, I think I'm good. All right. Uh, well, Boca Jewelry, if you're out there, like, feel free to come back with us with a better offer. But until then, we're gonna still not be advertising for you. We'll keep saying your name though, so maybe you won in the end. Or they're getting free advertisement now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They, they might have won in the end because we said no, but now we're saying their name. Well, what if they get 20 new customers and three of them are us? Then. Then, yeah, it's free advertising. Well, with the amount of people that we have on the pod, they're going to get probably, I don't know, closer to three, 400 people. 
Yeah. True, true, true. I mean, not that we're saying that their jewelry is good. It was like $150 for like a ring that was probably spray painted gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, Sorry, I, Boca. I we, gonna... we burned the bridge. I officially burned I mean, the bridge. I was going to donate it to Goodwill anyway, so. That's strategy. All right, boys. It's been fun. Uh, we'll catch you again in the near future. Or feeling. But, uh, peace out. Oh. <laughs> All right. See you, Mike. <laughs> see you, Mike. <laughs> Wait, were you still looking at something? Yeah. No, dude. You just, your thing cut just out. cut out. <laughs> oh, did you not hear me say peace out? Nope. No. <laughs> I'll you see if you can it. hear it in the recording. Just leave this in because it's funny. It goes dead silent. And we're just, All right. See you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time for real. Make the, make the caption be like, Mike is no longer with us. <laughs> I got hit by the same bus as Sam Darnold. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Peace out. Yep. See you guys. Peace.